Okay, what I want to talk about today is an introduction. You have to remember that the five parashiyot that come at the end of the book of, of Shmot, Truma Titzava Kitisa Vayak El It's good to know that by heart. So when your children or grandchildren show up, you could, you know, you're in the parasha, so to speak. Truma and Titzave and Vayakel and Pikude are more or less exactly the same. Are more or less exactly the same. I'll go through that again. Truma and Titzave, the parasha of Truma starts out describing the clay Hamishkan the vessels that were made in the Mishkan, and then goes on to the Mishkan itself, how they put up the Mishkan. And Tetzaveh is mostly about the big day kahuna, the close of the Kohanim. The parasha of Vayakel and Pekudeh, the last two parashiyot in Shemot, are the opposite. So they're the same material, but the opposite in the order. First, it talks about building the Mishkan, and then uh, the Kalim, the vessels, and then the big day. <laughs> of course, uh, the question is, why do you need... The, everybody knows it's the same. You ask a, a little kid in Cheder, you ask a little kid in Cheder, and you say to him, what does Rashi say by Yaakov Pekudek? He'll smile, and he'll tell you nothing, which is the fact. You know, they love it when they get to the end of Shmos because there's nothing to learn. So, so Teruma uh, uh, and you have to know these names because I'm going to keep saying it. Teruma and Tetzave are the first two parashiyot. Vayakel Pekude are the last two parashiyot in Shemot. They contain the same material. Building the Mishkan, the Big Day Kahuna, the vessels, in, in a somewhat different order, but the content is exactly the same. So, this has to be distressing. Because Rashi has led us to believe over and over again that the words of the Torah are important. And that they are written because they have something to say. And here, this is clearly not the case. Because the repetition in Vayako Pekude doesn't add much. I won't say zero. Well, I want to get it, but it doesn't add much to what we already know from Teruma and Tetzaveh. So what I would like to try to explain is why it is that in the Torah, Teruma and Tetzaveh is repeated almost verbatim in Vayakel Pekudek. That's my, that's my issue. So if you look at the, at the sheet, the first part of the sheet uh, is the, are the psukim at the end of the parish of Mishpatim. Right, you remember Mishpatim, that's last week. Mishpatim contains laws of the Torah, laws relating to a variety of topics. And at the end of the parish of Mishpatim, this pasuk appears, Vayal Moshe Lahar. Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Har Sinai. Now, it's hard to know what this pasuk is referring to. We know that Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the mountain and he was there for 40 days. That's what the Torah says. 40 days and 40 nights. Right? Up on Har Sinai. Now the pasuk that we're looking at says, Vayichasa nan etahar, 
the cloud covered up the mountain. Vayishken kavod Hashem al Har Sinai, and the kavod, the glory of God, was present on the mountain of Sinai. Vayechaseyu ha'anan sheishet yamim, vayekrau Moshe b'yom hashvi'i mitoch ha'anan. So this Moshe Rabbeinu went up the mountain into the cloud, and he disappeared. I mean, people outside of the cloud couldn't see exactly where he was. Now this cloud covered Har Sinai. And then the Pasuk says, he was there for six days. He was there for six days. And then, uh, and God called Moshe on the seventh day and said, uh, and called to him that he should go up. Now these six days in the Pasuk, when were these six, when were they? If you'll say that these are the first six days that Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Har Sinai to get the Torah, so then you're missing six days out of the 40. It was our understanding is that Moshe Rabbeinu was at Har Sinai for 40 days. So what's these six days that he was... Well, how do you count that? I mean, there are no... We have no days left. If, if they waited six days, it's got to be six days... A 40 days minus 6. Nobody ever said that Moshe Rabbeinu was on the mountain for 34 days. So Rashi, Rashi, in the Rashi manner, Rashi says this. Rashi says, Rabbeinu cholkim badavah. The rabbis have, a, have a two opinions on this matter. Yesh mehem omri meile sheishet yimim shibrosh chodesh v'ad atzeret. Ad atzeret yom matan Torah. So he says the first opinion is that the six days referred to in this pasuk, which takes place when? At the end of Mishpatim, which is written the end of Mishpatim, refers to the first six days of the month of, of Sivan. Now when did B'nai Yisrael get to Har Sinai? What? Rosh Chodesh Sivan. And when did they experience uh, what is called uh, theophany? When did they experience God speaking to them? What's the date? The sixth. Oh, the sixth. Machlok is in the Gemara. But let's say the sixth. Let's say. Because we traditionally have Shavuos on the sixth day of Sivan. So so Rashi says, one opinion is that those are the six days, even though other things happened on those six days, all kinds of other things were happening. Nevertheless, Rashi says, Yeshomrim, there are those who are of the opinion. Those are the opinion. That those six days are the six days being referred to here. Now it's very hard for me to understand that. It's hard for me to understand that. But what does that do that's good? What does that interpretation do that's good? It gives me back 40 days for Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? Okay, the first six days are a little confusing. Well, it's, it sounded, when well, we read those Sukim, that's in Perak Yutet. Right, Perak Yutet in Yisro. We read those Pukims of Moshe Rabbeinu, went up the mountain and down the mountain and brought this information and that information. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, those six days are here described as Moshe Rabbeinu going into the cloud and kind of disappearing. So I don't know how that works out. But if you look at the... Uh, uh, if you look uh, at the next Rashi, Vayichaseyu Amud Adnan. So Rashi says, Lobar, Sarita, Dibro. 
God spoke the Ten Commandments, continuing this interpretation. The interpretation that the six days referred to are the first six days of the month of, of Sivan. So why does it say Moshe was standing there? If you talk about Aserah Sadibros, everybody heard the Aserah Sadibros or whatever it was that they heard. They all heard it. So Rashi says, ah, that's not a problem. You know, Rashi in the Rashi way. He said, okay, so they said Moshe Rabbeinu was standing. But they meant everybody. But if Moshe Rabbeinu is standing, but you're not going to find him, you're not going to honor him and give him a distinguishing, make a distinguishing remark about Moshe Rabbeinu, of course you will. Yeshomrim, <coughs> uh, you see those words, Yeshomrim? It's in the one, two, three, four, five. The fifth line in the Rashi, it says Yeshomrim. Yeshomrim is the other opinion. Right, he says, there are those who say that the six days we're referring to are the six days for Chodesh Sivan, the Yeshomrim. There's another opinion. So, so Rashi says, what about the 40 days? According to Rashi, it says the second opinion is that these six days were after Vav Sivan. Right, starting on the, on the next day. So what happened to the 40 days? So Rashi says, no. So you count the six days. So this, it was like 40 days Moshe Rabbeinu was learning the Torah, but the first six days Moshe Rabbeinu was just standing there. So, subsequent question. So why was he standing there? <laughs> what was he doing? To teach you that when you go to face God, you need uh, uh, to go through a process of purification. And that process of purification takes six days. Six days. So now we have learned the last sukkim in the parasha of Mishpatim. The last psukim in the parish of Mishpatim. And what did the last psukim leave, leave us with? A kind of a mystery. Like, was it, which six days is it? And what happened to Moshe Rabbeinu when he went up? And you mean that he didn't have to prepare himself the second time he went up the mountain or the third time he went up the mountain. So all of this is not, is not so clear. Uh, the next parasha, the next pasuk, is our pasuk, right? Our pasuk is the beginning of the parish of Truma. By the Be'er Shem and Moshe Leimod, Avel B'nei Yisrael, B'chuli Truma, Me'ed Kol Isha Sheyid Ven Livo, Tichua Trumatim. That's the parish of Truma. Moshe Rabbeinu, you're a fundraiser. You have to go out and raise the funds to build the Mishkan. That's what God said. Now what's missing? What's missing is when did Moshe Rabbeinu come down off the mountain? Or did God say this to Moshe Rabbeinu who is on the mountain? Rashi doesn't help us. Uh, I would like to uh, I, I'd like this question to be a question that you, you understand is a problem a problem. 
Moshe Rabbeinu is told by God to go and raise the funds for the Mishkan. That's the beginning of the parasha Truma. We left Moshe Rabbeinu on Har Sinai. Where is Moshe Rabbeinu standing when he stands? He can't be on Har Sinai. Because the people are not there. The people are at the foot of Sinai. Right at the bottom. So if they're at the bottom, Moshe Rabbeinu must have come down to talk to them. So it's missing. Why did the Torah tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu came down off the mountain? Now if you look at the parasha, at the bottom of the page, you look at Vayakel. Remember Vayakel? Vayakel is the beginning of the second Nagla of Mishkan. Right? Vayakel. What does the Pasuk say? Vayakel Moshe et kol adad b'nei Yisrael. So where was Moshe Rabbeinu? It was with everybody. Wherever Vayakel Moshe has called that today, Israel means that Moshe called them together. Called everybody together. What did he say? And one of the things, okay, Shabbos gets in there in the middle, but that's a different kind of a, a matter. Eilahadvarim refers to building the Mishkan. The parish of Vayakel, again, Truma Tetzaveh, and at the end, Vayakel Pekude. In the middle is Kisisa. What is the parish, besides the fact that it's the parish of Shkolim that we read last Shabbos, last Shabbos? Okay. And besides the fact that the parish of Shkolim, it also contains the story of building the golden calf, which is not one of our finest moments. So again, how is the, the, the end of the book of Shemot organized? Truma Tetzaveh, build a Mishkan. Kisisa, Cheta Ha'egel. Vayakel Pekudei, build a Mishkan. The first question I asked was, how come build a Mishkan is twice? But now I say to you, now I say to you that the connection between the end of Mishpatim and the beginning of Truma is not clear. Where was Moshe Rabbeinu when he told people that he had to raise the money to build the Mishkan? In the beginning of Ayakel, I know where he was. He came down from the mountain. Remember, Moshe Rabbeinu went up the mountain a number of times. We're talking about the first 40 days, which is from Bob Sivan. And the second 40 days was when Moshe Rabbeinu came down into the camp and he saw what had happened and he was very unhappy about it and he spent 40 days fixing things and then another 40 days on the mountain which ended up on Yom HaKippurim. So when Moshe Rabbeinu was on the mountain for the second 40 days, second, altogether 120 days from Bob Sivan, when Moshe Rabbeinu was on the mountain, the Pesach says, so where was Moshe Rabbeinu? He was, came down on the mountain, from the mountain, with the Luchot that he had hewn himself out of stone. And he came to the people and he said, let's build a Mishkan. But in our parasha, it doesn't say that. Our parasha just says, Moshe it doesn't say that Moshe Rabbeinu brought them together, that he instructed them particularly like he does at the beginning of Ayakel. So that's the problem. The what?
Sivan. Above Sivan, Moshe Rabbeinu went up on Har Sinai twice. On that day. He went up the first time to receive, uh, the first time everybody heard God speak the words of Isaiah Dibros. Maybe one word, maybe two Dibros. There are different shitot. Then Moshe Rabbeinu came down and he taught, he taught halachot. What halachot? The Mizbeach. And then all of the Shpatim. And then the Jews said, Nasevenishma, remember that? That was a, a famous line. And then Moshe Rabbeinu went up to get the Torah because Bnei Yisrael said Nasevenishma about the Aseris Adibros and about the Mizbeach and about Mishpatim. That's, what, that's all the Torah that they knew. And then on Vav Sivan, from Vav Sivan, he stayed 40 days until Shivas uh, Tammuz. And then he said for another 40 days until Rosh Chodesh Elul. And then another 40 days <coughs> until until Yom HaKippurim. I know that that this is like a lot of information, but I remind you the fact that this has happened every single year of your lives. Right? There's nothing new here. You have to say that, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I didn't see the movie. I didn't read the novel. But the, but most Rishonim think that that's what happened. Here, there's also a problem about the six days at the end of Mishpatim, a secondary problem. Either the six days took place before, from Rosh Chodesh Sivan until Vav Sivan, or the six days are the first six days of the 40 days that Moshe Rabbeinu went up on the mountain, time one. And I say that there's another problem, and that problem is that at the beginning of Ayakel, Moshe Rabbeinu calls together the people to tell them what God said, but in the Truma we don't see that. <coughs> we don't see that there was any urgency or immediacy to it. Now there's this Ramban. There's this Ramban. It's important to remember the Ramban. The Ramban says this most amazing thing, and he says, <coughs> Soda Mishkan, who usually when the Ramban says Sod, he means the Kabbalistic interpretation. Here, in this case, uh, you don't have to be a Kabbalist to understand what the Ramban is saying. He says, Yehakavod Asher Shachan and Har Sinai Shochein Alav Benistar. That the Kavod, the glory of God, which was on Har Sinai, Shochein Alav Benistar. It's not obvious to everybody. There's another Pasuk. So the Ramban, I mean, you can look at that, this Ramban at your leisure, but the Ramban has this idea that the Mishkan is, uh, is a twin of Har Sinai. What happened at Har Sinai? God gave the Torah to Bnei Yisrael. How much Torah? I don't know. How was it given? I don't know exactly. Right? It was given from God to Bnei Yisrael, from God to Moshe Rabbeinu to Bnei Yisrael. But there was a Torah that was given. What was the Mishkan, the purpose of the Mishkan in the desert? <coughs> what was it that the Mishkan was? Mishkan was the intermediary 
between God and Moshe Rabbeinu in receiving the final version of the Torah, which then Moshe Rabbeinu wrote down. There's a machlokus in the Gemara whether Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah bit by bit, or he wrote the whole thing by Arvot Moab at the end. But in either case, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote down the Torah during 38 years. He received the Torah during those 38 years from God. And I told you last week that I feel that if you say that at Har Sinai, Moshe Rabbeinu received the mitzvot, but not the histories, which hadn't yet taken place. And the final version of the Torah was given to Moshe Rabbeinu in the desert, which included history and mitzvot, so that you can make a sort of like, make some sense out of the various sources. Along comes the Ramban, and the Ramban says that the Mishkan is Har Sinai. And he is really answering a question that was asked by Rabbeinu B'chayim. Rabbeinu B'chayim said this, how come we don't know where Har Sinai is? After all, you know that the Jews, they're a little neurotic about things like that about where it was, and what it was doing, and we were there. And how come there aren't tours all the time going to Har Sinai? And how come people are not interested? I remember after the Six-Day War, I guess I'm the only one old enough to remember that, but I remember that after the Six-Day War, Rabbi Goren, he tried to make, he said, let's all go to Har Sinai. It didn't work. People didn't, it's not in our blood. To go to Har Sinai. Why not? Why isn't our blood to go to Har Sinai? Because of this Ramban. Because the Ramban said Har Sinai is not a place. It's not a place some place in Sinai. Har Sinai is an event. And that event continues. It goes on. Where does it go on? It goes on in the Mishkan. It goes in the Mishkan. You know that the Mishkan, the special, the nature of the Mishkan is that it's portable. It goes from here to there. So any place where Kabbalah Sator, where receiving the Torah, is the event, that's Sinai. So according to Rabbeinu B'chayah, based on this Ramban, based on this Ramban, the Mishkan, the Mishkan was Sinai. It's an amazing thought. The amazing thought, and since the Mishkan was, was Sinai, so the, the Ramban goes through the sources, <coughs> goes through the Psukim, and he shows you that there are parallels between what happened at Har Sinai in the description of the Torah and what happened in the, in the Mishkan. There are parallels between Sinai and Mishkan. So that this idea... This idea that Sinai is not a place, but it's an event. And the event is portable. It goes with the Jewish people. As long as the Jewish people, I mean, you could expand this theologically to include the idea that as long as the Jewish people are learning Torah, they're also creating the Torah somehow. So when you say there's a psak, or there's a question, or there's a, an idea... So this all becomes integrated into the Torah learning scheme of things. <coughs> and that Torah learning scheme of things goes with the Jews wherever they are. And it's, for, it's not for um, no particular reason that shuls, that batek knesset in the Gemara are called mikdash ma'at. Right? Mikdash ma'at. 
what is a mikdo? I want to come up with this idea that some shtibel on uh, in Katamon is called a mikdash because what you do there is what makes it a mikdash. And what gives you the right to make it into a mikdash? Well, that's the mishkan, Har Sinai. So we know, we know something, uh, using the Ramban, we know something about the mishkan. We know something about the mishkan. But that does not yet help us to answer our question, which was, how come the first story of the Mishkan in Parsha Truma, Moshe Rabbeinu just started uh, talking, whereas in the second time of Ayakel, Moshe Rabbeinu calls the people together and tells them that God wants them to build a Mishkan. So the answer to that question, I think, I think, but the answer to that question is the following. You know that the Cheta Egel left a serious stain on Am Yisrael. And even though they were allowed to continue existence, right, they continued to exist, um, they were not really forgiven for the Cheta Egel. And a Kodesh Bohu says in Parshas, in Perak, the end of Perak Labadalit, a Kodesh Bohu says that whenever Am Yisrael will be punished in history, the punishment will be a little bit more severe because of the Chaita Eidah. They'll get continued punishment. In other words, the Chait, the, the, the transgression, was of such a serious nature that they couldn't possibly have been atoned for it. Couldn't get through it somehow. That was not, that was not possible. So the Chet Egel remains with Am Yisrael. And so the question that you asked the Ramban, the Ramban said, Sod HaMishkan, in the parsha of Truma. So the question that we have is, did anything happen to the Mishkan? The Mishkan was supposed to have been built when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from the mountain the first time. If B'nai Yisrael had not sinned, it would have been built. It would have been built at that time. Because they sinned, the Mishkan was not built at that time. So what's the answer to the question about the Mishkan? The Mishkan that we built, that we built, after 120 days, which Mishkan is that? So the fact that the Torah repeats the Psukim about the Mishkan twice is an indication that in spite of the fact that B'nai Yisrael has this tremendous debt to the Rebbeinu Shalom for the Chet HaEgel, in spite of that, the Mishkan remains exactly the same Mishkan. And so in the parish of Truma, the reason that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't call B'nai Yisrael, didn't call them together, was because he never said it to them. He never presented them. We came down the mountain, he found B'nai Yisrael kind of in the quagmire of sin. So he didn't go tell them that they should build a Mishkan at that time. But the second time, 
<coughs> he told them to build a Mishkan. And when we read the Torah, we understand that in spite of the Chet Egel, the Chet, that sin that took place in, uh, uh, during those 40 days that Moshe Rabbeinu was uh, on the mountain, because I'll say it was because Moshe Rabbeinu, they miscalculated the exact moment that Moshe Rabbeinu was supposed to reappear. Okay, whatever the reason, I mean, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't matter so much. That, uh, so Moshe Rabbeinu, the, the parish of Truma was never really said to B'nai Yisrael. It was only written in the Torah so that we would understand that the Mishkan that we built is exactly the same as the Mishkan that we didn't build. The Mishkan that we didn't build is described in the parashiyot of Truma and Tetzaveh. And the Mishkan that we did build, <coughs> the Mishkan that we did build is described in the parashas of Ayakel and Pekudeh. And so that in spite of the fact that the Torah says we'll be punished endlessly for the Chet HaEgel, in some way, the way that the Ramban formulates it, that the, uh, that the Mishkan equals Har Sinai, and that the event of Har Sinai is translated into the Mishkan, and even though the Ramban says that in the parish of Truma, it's true for the Mishkan that was built, and it's true for ultimately for the Beit HaMikdash. It was, HaKadosh Baruch who said, the debt has not been paid. And you have to be punished severely. But the Beit HaMikdash will be the real Beit HaMikdash. And the real Beit HaMikdash is the place in which Torah uh, uh, comes throughout the, throughout the generations. Okay, since I'm coughing away here, I think uh, we have had it. Have a good Shabbos.